www.talktoyourheart.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, hour number three here atop the perch at Chuck Noel Field. And the perch, you say? <laughs> yes, the perch. The roost. Cool. Yeah. The roost. This would be a good place to watch a game. This would be. You this know? would be. This would be an excellent spot. Because it, it, it's a press box. I think we're used to watching games. From <laughs> that, <that's, laughs> okay, I, I give you that one. Yeah, yeah. That's true. But, um, you know, the team is performing uh, their walkthrough over on field number four to our right um, behind the main three fields of the uh, – of the practice area and you know kind of makes me think wolf you know what we saw yesterday in practice now yesterday's practice was kind of a little bit funny you know, a little bit i think shortened a little bit well the rain the rain kind of yep. affected a lot of that but i'll tell you what though as a bystander and as a player we appreciated that cool breeze Woo! you're not kidding Man, uh-huh. i loved it until it got really like when the sheet started coming across right. that's when i finally took shelter in the tent uh, when it goes sideways. Yeah, yeah. when it goes sideways. When it's just coming down, you're good. Yeah. Andy Weidel, assistant GM for the city, he stood where the Gatorade coolers are, kind of in the center of the field, right by where the camera uh, command station mm-hmm. is. He stood there the whole time. Didn't move. Cross arm, staring at, at the guys on the field, not missing a moment. And the rest of us and the scouts were all under this tent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could see seven on seven from here. <laughs> I'm good. Or it's like, that's not my position. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, the thing about Andy, Andy's an old school type of guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the thing about it is, I know one of the things that had to be going through his mind is, let me see who pays attention to their details during this storm and who doesn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? When that's it's the type- slick. Yeah. Are you going to be technically sound, not yes. get out of whack? Because – You know, one of the things, you know, when the grass gets wet and it gets slick out there, you know, if you're not a technical guy, you're a guy who's kind of a little bit loose in your technique, you're going to slip and slide all around here. Yes. And we did see some guys that couldn't hold on to the football. Yes. Because you can't predict when rain is going to happen in the game. And it could happen in the second quarter. It could happen in the fourth quarter. Or it could come right out the gates and just rain on you. Um, But that's one of those attrition tests. Yep. How do guys respond to adverse conditions, adversity in general? And how do you make the most out of it? Are you going to thrive or are you going to survive Ooh, yes. through it? There's a Tomlinism. Yeah, and, and you want to see thrivers. And I thought that was one of the things why Andy just stood out there and he, he was laser focused on watching the different matchups that 7-on-7 seven seven presented. You know, you think about it. We've had just a, an amazing heat a couple of days ago. Yeah. You know, and now you got this monsoon that blew in here. And it does give you various environmental factors that you got to overcome. And you've got to be able to see what your guys, how they respond to it. And one of the guys that I thought responded very well was Hakeem Butler. Yeah. You know, we've been waiting for him to do something, haven't we, Max? I mean, this been. is a guy out of the XFL. Uh, he had stints in Arizona, Carolina, and Philly. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he had an opportunity to make some big catches earlier in camp. And, look, it's early and it's non-padded, and I get it, okay? Yeah. But the fact but, of the matter is he, he came up a little short with it. Well, he did come up short yesterday. No, I mean, and this is a guy six foot five, yep. about 230-ish. 
So he has a large frame. He's a stud, I, man. I mean, he's a guy physically, you're like, oh, man, this dude's going to get it. And he, has, and he has an unconventional number, too, 21. Yeah. Yeah, what's you know? up with that? I was like, did, did we run out of single digits or <laughs> teen numbers? I'm like. Is he a halfback? Yeah, I was like, wow. I was like, but, but 21 stood out yesterday. Um, had some great routes. Had that one contested play in seven wow. on seven in the rain. Down the sideline. Absolutely. It was a ricochet off of Luke Barku. There you go. And and he catches it in Did you stride. get that off my notes, sir? Did I? Because no. I was looking for it. Listen, you just that, got a memory. That noggination has see, not quite creeped in. You're, you're amazing. You're yeah. amazing. I'm sitting there. I'm looking for my stupid notes. I'm like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? You I got, know it's there there's too many swirls on the page, Wolf. <laughs> too many swirls on the page. <laughs> exactly so. And so, you know, that mo- – and then he comes back ver- the very next play on the opposite side of the field. Yes. And runs that comeback, keeps his feet in wet conditions, makes the catch. Doesn't have a lot of yak afterwards because he kind of slips as he makes a cut. Yeah, right. But made the catch for a 10-plus yard gain, which is still good for a first down. Absolutely. So showing that – he can rebound, and then, and of course, I think he had some other plays um, in practice. He had – there was another catcher, too, yeah, that was I, it? I can't remember. Yeah, was under pressure. I think right. he had one on, on a blitz, and Kenny kind of – kind of, or not Kenny, Mitch Trubisky kind of gave him a little 50-50 jump ball. Right. And he went and got it uh, in traffic. Uh, but, yeah, Hakeem Butler stood out, and, and for a 6.5 receiver, you want to see that, right? You want to see a guy who could, who's going to go compete. No matter and what use that six-foot-five frame. You yes. know what I mean? There's a reason that they brought you, and you got long arms, you got a long body, you got that length. You know, that, that battle with Barku down the sidelines, that was really cool. Yeah. Because that was a – I mean, you talk about a 50-50 ball. That was as 50-50 as it gets. Yeah. Probably 60-40 in favor of Barku. Yeah, because Barku stepped in front of him. Yeah, yeah. And he still managed to Houdini in it out of the hands of Barku. Uh, I still don't know how he did it, but it was a great job of – concentrating, staying with it, and not, you know, not being denied. Don't be denied. Get that ball. And he, he certainly did. Well, and he's a fast guy, too. I mean, he ran a four four six at that size. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's what he was clocked at. So, I mean, he's got speed to give. Um, it's not quite as the deceptive speed like Calvin Austin, but, I mean, you're moving at six foot five. You know, as we say, the taller it is, the more it sways in the wind, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, towers – are not built like that without having a great base. And, and so he was able to move, move in the wind in the adverse conditions and make those plays. So Hakeem Butler, a guy that's kind of redeemed himself a little bit here in camp. What's another guy? Another guy that at? I thought was interesting um, was, was your boy Spencer Anderson again. Yeah. You know, yeah. I watched him again, and I'm like, going, you know, by Keep golly. showing up. He just, yeah, I'm anxious to see. He's one of the guys – I really want to see when the pads come on. Yes. Because, again, the Kelvin Beecham-like ability to pass protect, the way he keeps himself under control, he doesn't fall to the ground, doesn't flop around. He doesn't get that knee out over the foot, uh, as you were talking about, uh, like some of the other guys. Um, This is a guy that just seems to have that sort of discipline technique that could accelerate his possibilities in in making this squad somehow. Yeah, well, and, and it pushes you towards using the phrasing "quiet confidence." Quiet confidence, because yes. he, he doesn't he doesn't make a stink. He's not no. a vocal guy right. either. Very cerebral. You know, I had the opportunity of sitting behind um, the offensive line during their individual period while the seven on seven was going on, and just kind of watching the players operate. They had a drill where 
each of them are holding kind of like a body pad, right? It's right. kind of like it mimics a defender. Like it has like shoulders and has like a V for the body. And the guys kind of hold it up to their body to give chest so right. without getting punched because you don't have pads on. And, um, you know, and they, they have three of them stacked up in a line. And your job as an offensive lineman, you activate your feet and your hands and you do a punch wash-off drill. Okay. I mean, you punch Splunk. the guy and you, and you throw him either left or right. Okay. The next guy comes, you kind of do okay, it. Okay, a three-man weave yeah. is what we used to call it. Yeah, it's like a three-man weave, except for they don't make the move, you know, right. um, at the third one, which is what we're normally accustomed to. This was just hit, hit, punch, replace, and then shuffle the feet. So I was watching Broderick Jones, Dan Moore, Suamalu, right? I was watching uh, Dunkel, and then I got to Spencer Anderson over there on the right side, and it just it looked like it was smooth. Smooth like butter, baby. And you know, it was it was it was it was like this kid, whatever he does, it's just it's effortless from a viewpoint, but we know that it takes a lot of attention and self restraint to stay in that type of position. You know what a lot of people don't understand is how significant, how important it is to play the man from inside out, to split the crotch, to maintain that discipline. The half man relationship. And know you got to know it's if you turn too quick you're dead yeah I mean, you give away the back door you are absolutely dead so you've got to maintain into a, a hair breadth of a heartbeat that that inside out relationship and be able to punch and not get turned you know what i mean it, yeah it's the timing of it is just like <clears throat> it's so wild that's why i i struggled going from guard to tackle because i was like a anchor my feet in stone and punch like a cannon all right. Exactly. Let it, let and a root, cannon yourself, root yourself. Yeah, I rooted myself, yeah. and, and, and you punch like a cannon. At tackle, it's all about balance and motion, and you yeah. punch in motion because you've got to keep your feet moving because of the fact the guy's got wide, you know, width on you. He's got yeah. the ability to go up the field, come straight he down sees the middle. He you can't see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a whole different ball game from the inside to the outside. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, I mean, the middle – is responsible for the depth of the pocket. Yes. So you've got a you got to a wall, a fence, a fortress, whatever you want to call it. You have you do, you're not going to give ground. Whereas as a tackle, we're responsible for the width of the pocket, how yes. much space the quarterback has to move laterally in that pocket. So it's a very violent choreography <laughs> dance like routine that. with an unwilling dance partner who does not want to do what you want him to do. It might, <laughs> right? might be grumpified as it yeah, is. Yeah, it might be grumpified, but. You know, you, you have to learn – it's all those nuances. So, you know, when I look at the Spencer Anderson, when I'm evaluating him, that's what I see. I see that kind of fluidity um, with being able to mirror a, a, the, the, the defender, which is what you want to be really good at. I mean, Broderick Jones also does a good job with that as well. He has very yep. light feet, you know, but I haven't gotten as much from him with the wide guys. Like, he, 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 there's a 50-50 there. Well, it's tough again without the pads. Yeah, do you, it doesn't give you any punch surface because, because there's no power. Yeah, there's no power behind it because also you know that that guy just has his shirt on, and if you punch him, how we're supposed to punch them yeah. when they have pads on? Yeah, then you, uh, you're going to be fighting. A you're, lot. You're, yeah, you're going to be fighting, and, and a lot of a lot of purple chests. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yes. it, your, your pecs are going to be bruised, and you're trying to do a service, do your job, but also kind of take care because at the end of the day, this still is your teammate, even though you're competing. You know, you still have to kind of have a little bit of respect for each other in that moment. But like I said, from right now, you're right. Spencer Anderson has been doing all those things. I expect to see him eventually. You know, if the pads 
if the shirt, if the padless becomes the pad type of mentality and approach, I expect him to kind of make a move on that depth chart um, as as we get into pads. You know, I I, I think you got something cooking there, buddy. Yeah. Because I, again, you know, once you pointed him out, I started to like pay a little more attention to him because I hadn't been really spent paying much attention to him at all. There's a lot of attention on that left side. Uh, yeah. I mean, There's a lot of attention yeah. on that left and side. I, I, yeah. I get caught up with shiny things, too. Yeah, you know? yeah and, no, nothing wrong with that. And the thing is, you know, once you, you key in on Spencer, you start to see him do Is Beach still playing with the cards? Yeah, he, he's a starting right tackle. Okay. I right, mean, they, still... they drafted Paris Johnson this year. Okay. That number four overall pick. Okay. So I imagine he's probably going to go there because DJ Humphreys is their starting left tackle. Okay. And he's a pro bowl and got paid. So I imagine that's the spot where you're going to see Beecham really fighting with the rookie to keep that job. I can see Beach being a coach someday, don't you? I can, you know what? I would love to say that I could, but Beecham is so business savvy. Well, that's true, too. Dude, he, yeah, he, I forgot I mean, about his, that. His work in the tech sector in the offseason, like, you know, he was, he was in Ghana um, building wells. For villages, no kiss. Awesome. Oh. Him, him and his wife. I knew Jessica. he did some great stuff. He's a yeah. godly man. Yeah. Right? So he was with uh, Love World the heck Vision, out of him. and and so he's doing that. Plus, he's also trying to, you know, work on the digital divide campaign. We're going into underserved communities and more rural communities and providing, you know, tech services and and Wi-Fi and all those kind of things. Wow. So I mean, and and you know, he's a he's a huge art collector. I didn't know that. Yeah, he collect he collect he has he has actually. His own collection in the museum over at uh, Baylor University. Then he has a couple of pieces on loan to like to like some. Does some he art paint or does room. he just? Collect? No, he collects. He co- like 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 uh, Coach Mitchell, like John Mitchell does. Okay. He's a huge collector and a lot of abstract art. Um, and he just he highlights that. I mean, art collection is one of his other things um, that he does. I mean, Beecham is just a very well-rounded guy. So I don't know if he would want the lifestyle of coaching. I think he likes. I, agree with I think you. he likes consulting. I forgot. More so than that, I forgot yeah. how wide-ranging his interests were, yeah. and just what a productive human being this guy was. I mean, no, I've always no had the greatest wasted. respect for Beach. Um, ever since I, I watched him as a rookie, just thought the world of him, and he's not disappointed me in any way, shape, or form. No. After leaving here, he's just been just an upright, uh, super dude, man, and you just. That's a true representative, you know, yeah. like like guys like that. That's beautiful. Yeah, he's my little bro. He, we, uh, it's funny. When we call and talk to each other, it's like little bro and big bro. Well, <laughs> we tell, call each other. Tell, yeah. tell them uh, the Wolfleys send their love to the Beachams, you know. Absolutely. Because no. he is he's just that quality type of an in, individual. Yeah. All right, I think it's about time yeah, we, we go to break. Yeah, we aside to make sure we have plenty of time. And we'll kind of. We'll what are we going to do? Oh, yeah, we're coming back with more. Yeah, we got, we we got, got the defensive guys. Yeah, we didn't even talk. Highlight the defensive guys. we got guys. so many things going on. Yeah, so, yeah, we well, got a lot of You keep track going. of this for crying out loud. How do you expect an old guy as concussed as well, me to think about that? And that's why I'm sitting next to you, to make sure that I, I do keep us in somewhat of a line. I mean, we're both chasing, we're both chasing the same shiny bumper, but at the end of the day. Squirrel! Yeah, exactly. We have to have one of us here. So we're going to step aside, pay some bills, and we'll be back in a minute. You're in the locker room. Wolf Starks and the Ninjas here at St. Vincent. We'll be back in a minute. For price and participation, which vary. Drinks exclude freezes. Tax extra. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, here we go again. Getting ready for... Day four practice, 
And one of the guys that's already been showing up in the previous couple of days here. And showing out. Showing out, yes. That's really yes. a better way to describe it. Is it, you know, young man Connor Hayward, look, everybody knows his big brother, Cam. Yeah. You know, and, and the guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. Ain't no doubt in my mind. Yeah. But, you know, to be the younger brother on a team, and, of course, you've got the Herbig brothers, and now, you know, as well as you've got Hayward brothers. We had the Edmund brothers here for a little while. Yeah, um, had it, Watt brothers here for a while, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, and the Watt brothers. Yeah. Um, the thing about it is, it's, it's not easy being the younger brother or no. the not-so-starring <sighs> brother. And one of the things about it is, you know, Connor is he's not the physical, you know, type of ginormous guy such as his big brother is. The look test. Yeah, exactly. And then you he's know He's a passer, he, not quite a not quite a outstanding. Yes. I mean he's yeah. it's not his his he's got a four seven nine, I think, forty speed. You know, he's not quite big enough to be a tight inline tight end. Yeah. Um, but this guy produces. I'm telling you what. I've heard some from some people who uh, know. Uh, they say he's got some of the best hands on the team. Yeah. Well, you know, um, this is a guy that could, he's willing to block. You know, and always willing is is nine tenths of the, the the deal when you're when you're blocking. You got to be willing to go in and get it done. And he, you know, he might not always be overwhelming, but he he he's willing to com- be combative. But the thing that this guy's got something that I can't even express in terms of just words. Connor Hayward has got a niche thing going on where he's either fullback, H-back, he, you know. Inline tight end. Inline tight end in, in ways. And I, I, I just got to tell you something. I, I, I'm really impressed with him. I got a lot of respect for his game. He is, though his brother did dub him the meatball, he's yeah. anything but a meatball. Let me tell you something. This guy can get it done in a variety of ways. You know what? Uh, I had a chance with Mike Pursuta yesterday to talk to Connor Hayward about things going on coming off the field. So why don't we take a listen to that? Connor, uh, thanks for joining us. I had you for a touchdown catch in seven shots. I had you for a long reception in seven on seven. And I had you for a quote-unquote block. I know there's no shoulder pads, but it looked like uh, you had Corey Trikes Jr.'s number on a running play in the last team drill of the day. It looked like you had yourself a day out there. Did it feel like it? Just another day and uh, another opportunity to get better. Uh, you know, whether I do good or the other guys do good, we're just trying to get better each and every day. Uh, and whenever, you know, I'm out there, I just try to make the most of my opportunities and do whatever the coaches tell me to do and just, you know, try to do it with the best technique. Connor, we're going to jump to going backwards a little bit. How is it that you got an older brother born to play on the defensive side of the ball, but you were born on the righteous off- offensive side of the ball. I mean, how does that happen in the same household? Uh, I would say I'm an athlete growing up uh, and being <laughs> recruited. Uh, <laughs> a lot of teams wanted me to play offense and defense, uh, and then I went to Michigan State, ended up committing there. Uh, started off on offense, but if that didn't work out, they wanted me to play defense. But I'm glad the offensive side of the ball worked out because I just love offense. You know, offense, you know, the guys get a little bit more love and defense, <laughs> you know. Uh, you, got, you make your own plays on defense, though. On offense, you got to work as a unit, and that's something that I like. You know, you got to lie on the quarterback, the O-line, and everybody do their job. Connor, I, I mentioned uh, or referenced you as a tight end, I think, at the outside of this interview. Uh, what's, what's the designation? What's the proper way to identify you? Uh, is it tight end? Is it fullback? Is it H-back? Is it something else? 
Honestly, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to limit myself to one particular position. I think I can do a lot of things on the offensive side of the ball, but that goes with a lot of guys. Darnell could play, you know, multiple positions, Pat, Zach, um, you know, and all the receivers we have. A lot of guys that are versatile, Calvin Austin, you know, Ant McFarland, Jalen Warren, uh, Najee. A lot of guys can do a lot of things. Uh, and, you know, I kind of look at myself as a football player, you know, just plugging myself in and being able to play wherever the coaches want me to play and uh, just doing that at a high level. You know, Connor, your skill set is very impressive, whether it be blocking, running routes, being able to read coverages, all those sorts of things. Yet at the same time, I, I look and I watch you catch the ball, and I've heard whisperings from teammates and other people that say, you got one of the best pairs of hands in training camp. How so does that go, man? I mean, that's that's pretty impressive when you got some pass catchers like we do, and you got some people that really recognize your talent for catching that big skin. Yeah, I think not just me, but everybody else. Uh, you know, you've seen George make some crazy highlight uh, catches. Deontay, uh, Allen, you know. Uh, I always try to catch it with two hands, you know. Sometimes you're going to catch it with one. You know, Pat has a lot of acrobatic catches. Uh, but at the end of the day, you just want to come down with it. And, uh, you know, that's the goal uh, each and every every play when the ball's thrown and put in the air, you know, whether you got to dunk on somebody like Coach T says, uh, you know, or if you got to catch it low or, you know, catch it wherever the quarterback puts it. Um, you know, but Kenny, Mason, and Trubisky are doing a good job of, you know, finding the open receiver and just putting the ball up and trusting the guys and uh, to make a lot of plays. Connor, the, the cliched uh, analysis in the NFL is a player is supposed to make a huge, dump, huge jump between week one and week two. I think one of the reasons it's cliched is because it's true. Uh, are you feeling that? Are you expecting that? And how different is this camp versus last year for you and guys in your position? It's entirely different. Uh, I feel a lot more comfortable. Uh, Coach Fredo's throwing a lot at, at all of us, uh, Coach Roberts. Uh, but Coach Fredo's, you know, wait, what was the question again? <laughs> how, how different do you feel? How, how much more comfortable? How much, more, uh, is, how much better is your understanding of the offense? Uh, I imagine last year was uh, uncomfortable times, and uh, this year's a totally different mindset. Yeah. Yeah, this offseason, uh, just being in there extra, uh, whether that was running and getting in the playbook over OTAs uh, and minicamp, you know, that's helped me make this big jump. But hopefully this, you know, we just keep on building each and every day, uh, myself and my team uh, and everybody around me. We just, you know, this is just the beginning. You know, you can't get too far to your head of yourself. Uh, you know, I like the compliments, but I know there's a lot more work to be done. Connor, we've seen 12 and 13 personnel packages. One of them, I've seen you with Mount Washington, as Myron Cope would have stated it, you know, with Darnell. But every, you got the big guy. You got the little guy. You got a little bit of Gronkowski and Hernandez type thing. You got, the, you know, the, the Mutt and Jeff type of thing. And it was great because everybody was looking at Mount Washington as you cut across the middle the other day and made a great catch wide open. You got to kind of like that sort of packaging because that presents more opportunities for you to work your little mid, mid, middle of the field magic. Yeah, uh, Darnell's a tower, so is Gentry. And uh, Pat, you know, he can do everything. Uh, he's so versatile. Uh, blocking, catching, you know, baby Gronk. Uh, he just finds a way to get open. Uh, and, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, I've learned a lot from his game. Uh, and he's taught me so much. And, you know, we just kind of play off each other. And, you know, when me and Pat are out there, you know, we can do so much, whether that's running or catching, uh, you know, and it just keeps the defense on their, on their heels. Connor, last thing I have for you today, a uh, couple of us talked with George Pickens yesterday, and he was asked specifically about the first 11-on-11 11 11 play of camp, the play action, 
deep ball from Kenny Pickett to George Pickens. And Pickens said it was a, quote, explosive hint, unquote, that the ball is going down the field further more often. Is he right? Yeah. Uh, you, you know, we got four guys that can take the top off and some more. Uh, and then we have a lot of mismatches inside. Uh, you know, I think we're going to take our shots uh, when we need to. But, you know, this is the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to run the ball and, you know, dominate the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, and when we do that, we can take our shots deep. So, you know, the run game goes hand-in-hand with the passing game. And that, of course, was Connor Hayward, who was kind enough to join us. Coming, You know, I love those those interviews. You're coming yeah. off the field. It's just <clears> hot <throat> under the collar. You know, you, all the action's been happening. You walk off the field, and by golly, there you are. You're, you're, you're talking to the fans, you know, being able to tell them what it's like, what you're feeling, all, all this. I really like that interview aspect coming off the field. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a fun moment. And like you said, you're still catching guys raw yeah. in those moments. So, you know, for Connor to kind of have the cool, collected nature. But I, one thing I loved in that interview was he talked about, you know, I appreciate the compliments, but we still got work to do. Yeah. Like, I, I can't get too far ahead of myself right. because the work is the work that's out here. And, and so to keep it all in perspective, um, I thought it was, it was a nice mature moment, especially for a second-year guy, right? Yep. Yep. You know, that didn't necessarily get the attention but had the production. No doubt about it. I mean, I go back to and one of the things I almost asked him yesterday, but then I like, but when he scored that touchdown in Atlanta, you know, and yeah. his big brother got a little, uh, little, little, little schwitzing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> a little, little mystified. <laughs> what was the first uh, word? Schwitzing. <laughs> yeah, a little Yiddish there. Okay. Uh, that, that's good. I like he's that. He's a little verklempt. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Got a little verklempt looking at his younger brother scoring his first touchdown out there uh, on the field of play. And it that had to be a big moment. I mean, that was really cool. It was like watching my brother Ronnie, you know, when he was playing, when we played the Cardinals. And it was just a, a neat thing to see. So, for him, you know, it, the – it's like, what can't this guy do? You know, yeah. I, I'm just really kind of anxious to see more and more. When you, again, that pairing of him and Darnell Washington and uh, Friermuth and, and what have you, um, he tends to get overlooked, and I think he will make people pay. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that I think when we were talking about it, like he, he said, I don't want to be pigeonholed to one position. Right. I, mean, I could do a lot of things just like a lot of guys on this field, so you kind of fit in, but – you know, he's been just consistently good. He doesn't have a ton of drops. Like you said, great hands, He's and he's catching the ball away from his body. Right, you know, a correct. lot of guys can tend to fall into that body catching, yes. Chase Claypool style, where yep. I need that third kind surface. of like backboard yep. or surface to get to get the ball in. No, he, he's, a, he's a hand catcher. Extend it from the body to make sure you're catching it true and that you secure it. And I think that's what really makes it cool. Um, to watch him, and like you said, he's fun to watch. I mean, There's the kids. He, about him. He's five yeah. eleven, five eleven yeah. with a tight end number. Yeah. So you know, you can, like you said, you you know, he can he can lead, he can crack, he can evade, and he can route run. That's a deadly combination because you can deploy him in a lot of different areas. And you know, the one route you referenced, that little hide route he did from the wingback position mm-hmm. with uh, Darnell running up the hash in a clear out fashion. And him kind of darting right behind him because he knew the eyes were going to be on Darnell first. Sure. So why not take advantage of that? Washington. That's right. Hey, listen, not often you can say I could hide on a football field. (laughs) He is literally could hide behind Darnell Washington. (laughs) Unquestionably so. And I I really feel that the the productivity of this young man, 
It's a niche, a niche thing, whatever you call it. He's got that, that yeah. niche in, in, in an offense that's very unique. Um, it's hard to find guys that, that kind of fill in that many positions and have that unique talent set. But we're looking for more of that. I, I really think, especially when you've got play action, starting to get right, you know, doing a little more play action stuff, that's going to give him an opportunity to be able to operate in the middle of that field. Because let's face it, again, I go back to the stats I had yesterday. Kenny, you know, deep middle, uh, 20 yards or more down the field, 7'11", 163, three TDs. That, to me, is a gold mine of uh, waiting for productivity to expand down there. Yeah, and one of those seven just happened to be a long touchdown to uh, to Connor Hayward at the Atlanta game, one of those seven. So if you can start to expand that, and I think, you know, with Kenny having – a season under his belt, an off season under his belt where you know you're the guy, it breeds a lot more confidence for him personally, but it also gives confidence in the team that we can expand this playbook. We can do more with what Kenny can see and the risk that Kenny's willing to take, yep. but be smart with it at the same time. No question about it. No question about the fact that we'll be back because we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with the last segment of the act. Acclamation. Acclamation. But thank you. Because when we come back after the day off, the pads will be on. And I'll be excited to see that. Because you know what, Max? You can only watch watch lingerie league football for so long, right? Only so long can you deal with the Underwear Olympics. (laughs) We'll be back with more right here at St. Vincent College. Wolf and Starks and the Ninjas from training camp. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Last segment, last down, Wolf. I guess we could call this fourth down in fourth, our, in our fourth, show, right? Fourth and goal. Hey, by the way, where are you going tomorrow? Because we got a day so, off, and I, you said something about you were out of town. Yeah, I'm out of town. I, so today I will take off. I got to get to Raleigh, North Carolina. Get um, man. Yeah, I'm speaking at a Young Health Leaders Summit um, down good. there to young doctors and physicians. Just kind of talking about um, some different things. I've done some work with uh, Dignity Health, their global education side. So going there and kind of presenting to the physicians kind of some different program opportunities, um, you know, t- just talking about the mindset of adapt- adaptability, um, not only in your profession, but also in life, you know, how to pivot and, you know, how to also expand and stay w- within your lane, kind of expand your lane. You are such a well-rounded young man. Well, you know, I, I, I do what I can do when I can do it because that's what I do. <laughs> that summarizes yeah. it pretty well there, my yeah. friend. But, no, it, it, it's a blessing and honor that uh, I was asked to come down and speak because um, I have some knowledge because of some of the work we've done on some of their modules of uh, some of their global education stuff. Uh, we're talking about grit resiliency with some other phenomenal uh, former athletes and, uh, and health leaders. Um, so I, I, I'm looking forward to it. So, you know, John Godina, one of my good friends, a Olympic silver medalist mm. in uh, shot put and disc. Oh, really? Otto Bolden, um, former Olympian from the Bahamas, oh, cool. um, sprinter. So we, we've done I was going to say, it wasn't a bobsledder. Was no, it? he was not a bobsledder. He was not <laughs> He was not from the Jamaican bobsled team. 
John Candy's not coming either. Oh, that was a great movie. <laughs> it was a great movie. Oh. But, um, but, yeah, so I'm going to go speak there on our off day, and then I'll fly back up, and I'll be ready for pads. Very good. I'll be ra- ripped, ready, and roaring to go. But uh, I wanted to put a bow on kind of day three. Okay. Um, Let's do Defensively, that. any guys that really stood out to you or guys that continue to just show up often? You know, you pointed him out again when we were watching film the other day, uh, Nick Herbig, and yeah. just kind of interesting how this guy keeps coming up big in pass rushing situations and opportunities. You know, Herbig coming up big. Yeah, see where I'm going with that? Yeah, I do see that. I saw what you did there. I saw what you did there. <laughs> so, so the point is, big, you know, big, 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 yeah, big, exactly. Big, big. <laughs> but he's talking about this this go this duck under or the ghost move. Such yeah. as uh, he saw TJ do it on film. Now, it got me to thinking because in my the best I can remember, the duck under or the ghost move where the guy comes up the field and drops down and actually goes almost to a three-point ducking under, yeah. all right, as he runs the arc around the tackle. I believe I remember Cameron Wimbley was one of the first guys that Man. I remember seeing that. Remember that name from Cameron like 2006? Cameron Wimbley, geez. FSU seven. guy, yeah. Yeah, and that was during your time period. Yeah. So I think the ghost move might have been born around when you were playing in the league. Yeah, no, but between him and DeMarcus Ware okay, um, were two guys, and they are both right around the same time they started doing this move. And it can be deployed a lot of different ways, Wolf. Um, that ghost move that you're talking about – it can either come from either it's like a guy raises his chest up, okay, like he like he's about to do something and break down to like some type of shimmy, or he can give you a head fake to the inside and create that moving target and then duck underneath. Okay, so there's a lot of different ways to deploy it, but yeah, that became a move like you said, Camerian Wembley, Demarcus Ware and company. They were really really good at doing because they're taller guys, so you don't expect them. You expect that from like a shorter guy, yes, but taller guys you tend to. Less likely on the menu uh, for them just because that takes that tremendous bend and effort. And DeMarcus Ware was one. I mean, I, I, against Wembley, I had a little bit more success. Mm-hmm. But DeMarcus Ware, I mean, it frustrated me. And, and that's why he's a Hall of Famer, right? Well, I mean, but but for DeMarcus. Frust- Hall of Famers do tend to frustrate They, they, they tend so. to do things. They that, just tend to be better than the rest of yeah. us mortals. So, I, and I, I'll never forget, we're playing Dallas. We're in Dallas. <laughs> At this game, I was sick as a dog the Ooh. day before. I don't know, some type of stomach bug. I was up all night. I was sick. I was throwing up. Oh, my. And, I, and in the, here's how it was. We were talking about IVs. Yep. They had to come to my hotel room and give me an IV in the middle of the night. Oh, my Because I was just that sick. And then I had to take the trainer's bus over in the morning to the stadium, to Jerry's World, and I had to get additional two bags in the stadium before everybody even came. Wow. And I never Did it flush sh- things out at all? It was already flushed, so it was just it was just it was refilling. Refilling <laughs> the flush. Yeah, it was refilling the flush that when was I already done. When I say the flush was was the bug did you feel like it passed or I felt like I was on the other side of it. It okay. never really passed. And I remember Sean Kugler coming into the trading room was like, "Hey Max, I I need a decision. What can you do?" And I'm sitting there and I'm like kind of out of it. I'm like I'm going to go, coach. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm now, going. I don't know if I was talking to him or a pink elephant at that point. <laughs> but I, I, so, I, so I agreed to it, and then I'm, like, getting dressed, and I'm still feeling, like, kind of lightheaded. Yeah. And so, like, I'm, like, pounding, like, the electrolytes and the yep. Gatorade. 
and I remember eating a protein bar. I did was able to get down a protein okay. bar, and I'm just like, what am I thinking? <laughs> Going against DeMarcus Ware <laughs> and feeling like a feather at this point. You know, I mean, yeah. it's yeah. not too many times where as an offensive line, you say, I feel like a feather. Yeah. But because no. I was so drained, right, I mean, just, you know, trying to get back to a baseline. Um, so we're playing in this game, and – I. I'm actually, funny enough, I'm having a really good game against uh, DeMarcus at this point. Was and, it hot out? I mean, it's Dallas. Well, well it, but it was the Dome. It's Jerry's, you know. Oh, oh I'm yeah. sorry, Jerry World. Yeah, I'm yeah, Jerry's World. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, so we're in there, and he does, he, he freaked. I, I caught the first ghost move. Okay. And he, I mean, he dipped it. I mean, it looked like his shoulder might have been grazing the grass on the ground, right? I mean, he got low, and I kind of kind of hit him the right way and then kind of used my hip right. to nudge him to get him off course. But he hit it one more time, and Ben was, like, rolling, like, up and to the left, like, between me and Chris Kimiyatu. Uh, and, no, actually, it was Willie. Sorry, it was okay. Willie at the time. So it was, me and Willie were on the left side. He nudges up, and I – I kid you not. Like, DeMarcus Ware also had, like, spider fingers, right? Yep. He nicks Ben's clean, like, catches, like, the shoelace. Ben trips off of that. Oh, no. And I remember, now, like. Ben, if he was here, he'd be defending himself. He'd going, be defending. He got my whole leg. You know? Yeah. You got to tell him, no, yeah, no, yeah. it was a but, shoelace. But he hit him, and, and it was just enough because of Ben's motion right. that it forced him to, you know, to fall. He, could, he couldn't re- regather himself. And I just remember after that play, I was like, I was like, really? Like you didn't even, even get a hand on a body part, and you got a sack. And then he just goes, "Well, my day's done." I was, I was pissed. No. Oh, I was so mad. I was like that freaking ghost no. move because as a lineman, you're setting for depth. You have this guy that looks like an inflatable flailing balloon man, like from the car, used yep. car sales lot. And so you're you're watching all of this, but you're trying to keep an eye on the trunk of the body, right? The Shoulders cylinder. to yep. hip keep it on that cylinder, and they give you a little shimmy, and that hand kind of goes a little bit off, and then you try and recover. That's why you want an independent punch. You don't want to punch with two hands at all times, True. right? Uh, and so I just slightly missed, and he just bent that corner just enough that I couldn't get my hand down to kind of hammer fist him down into the ground, and he got that play. And so, so when you mentioned that move, and Nick Herbig is starting to develop that move, you know, it, it just it brings back some old wounds. It does, yeah. yeah. I could well imagine that's you know and that was a good dissertation on it because I I can't remember anybody pulling that move off in the eighties and nineties. It was no. only it was in the two thousands at the ghost. Well, you would call it a knee in the side of the head and got a concussion if you were a defender yeah. getting yeah. down that low. Yeah, like, that pretty so, much. Yeah, yeah. got to go cowabunga on you with a knee, yeah. knee, the atomic knee drop or yeah. something. <laughs> but uh, the fact of the matter is. You know, these, these pass rushers, they're ever highly skilled. And, by the way, Alex Highsmith is a guy fully capable and does use that ghost move. Yeah, and, and, Alex, and Alex deployed that against Dan Moore a couple times in camp. Dan had a little bit of a, little bit of a lull in, in day two in camp and uh, responded very well yesterday as well. But, yeah, the pass rushers are starting to come alive, and that's why we can't wait to get pads on because right. those lines of demarcation, as I like to call them, or the skeleton of the paths for the one-on-one pass rush are in one, <laughs> two, three, four, five, six, seven, yes. eight, nine, ten, eleven different locations on this field that they can get action and, and get work. And by the way, are they not more technical than you have ever seen? Very them? technical. I'm There's, like looking at going. Somebody got out there. Uh, what do you call those? Uh, 
things that uh, the architects use to draw stuff. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Know? What, what, the, the compass and the, the, yeah, the compass and the ruler like, and protractors and everything. This thing's got to be at and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it's got a lot of little hashes on it to talk about the turn angles. I mean, it looks very good for teaching, but I would have hated to have seen, okay, so you're measuring me at this point, two-thirds of the way yeah, back. Where am I at? Kinda nah. weird. Boo. Just get to the guy or not get to the guy. Exactly. That's what that, at the end of the day, that's all the players need to think about is I need to make sure this guy does not get to that square, and the defender says I need to get to that square, and let's see who battles out. But that physicality will come into it, and I can't wait for that to happen because, like you said, I want to see guys really shine. I want to see the Nick Herbicks and how they do in a pad situation. Right. I want to see how Marcus Golden and Broderick Jones, that matchup's going to oh, look yeah. in practice. And, of course, Alex Highsmith against Dan Moore. T.J. Watt, Chooks for Like, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for a Spencer Anderson against a Quincy Roche. Like, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for those linemen to really start to show power. Because yes. that's the one thing that's been lacking. Can't show power when you've got no pads. Can't show power as a defensive or offensive lineman. And so it's going to be really fun as we get to that. And I think, I think Wolf, that is it. Cause Almost. You, I've got to ask you one question. Okay, ask me one question. What are you looking forward to on Tuesday when the pads come on? Little back sound backers, maybe. Yeah, you want to see, uh, in, in the words of the great American philosopher, Clever Lang, pain. <laughs> I want what to see predicting? physicality and pain. pain. There you go. Because, like you said, back sound back, because that's where Jalen Warren made a name for himself a year Good ago. Point by you. And so I want to see what the next, the next generation looks like. How do you respond? How does Cole Holcomb respond? Stack up against Anthony McFarland, Jalen Warren against Landon Roberts, right, and Najee Harris. I mean, he he's a he's a, he's a big top circus in and of itself. Yep. When he gets in that drill, so I'm looking forward to those. I'm looking for the one-on-one pass rushes, and of course, I'm looking for a little uh, little heated George Pickens on Joey Porter action as well. As that battle continues, yeah, just remember that one. Hey, listen, as Robin Williams said so long ago. Be there or be square. Nanu, nanu. Nanu, nanu. There we go. Mork and Mindy. Love it. And on that note, there's nothing else to say, but you've been in the locker room for the last three hours. We're going to take a siesta tomorrow, and we will be back on Tuesday here in Latrobe at St. Vincent's College for Steelers training camp. You've been inside the locker room, Wolf and Starks.